This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Tech Talk. Today, I have a very interesting interview. I'll be speaking with Manish Pant. He is from Schneider Electric. He is the zone president for East Asia and Japan. Now, in an effort to industrialize and better the economy of nations, it's reported that the energy consumption is approaching 150,000 terawatt hours on a yearly basis. However, with 80% of the energy coming from fossil fuels, like oil, natural gas, and coal, the big question remains is how sustainable and efficient are fossil fuels for businesses in the long run? We'll be speaking a little bit about the limitations of the current Asian energy system, which, of course, relies heavily on fossil fuels and its effect on the environment, looking at how Malaysian businesses are able to benefit from transitioning from fossil fuels to renewable energy sources and addressing renewable energy's potential in achieving Malaysia's green economy target. At least, I hope so. I'm on the phone, as I mentioned, with Manish from Schneider Electric. Hi, Manish. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Hi, Rich. Uh, thanks for inviting me to your show. And it's great to be here to talk about this topic, which is burning in all our minds. Now, let's get started then. And obviously, sustainability has become that keyword for a lot of businesses, particularly over the last couple of years. It's been around for a long time, but in the last couple of years, um, it seems to have accelerated. It's got into the public consciousness a lot more. Why do you think, though, it's taken so long for us to get here? Uh, and what do you think have been the pivotal points for sustainability to finally become a, a, a top of mind conversation? Well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great starting point. You mentioned about the, uh, the, the increasing use of energy, which I think is only going to further increase. Uh, and uh, somewhere, uh, I would say we have to find ways that we are able to decarbonize this uh, this usage of energy. And I'm sure that during the course of this conversation, we'll talk about that more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as as you say, I think sustainability has been around for long. Uh, yeah. Just that what we would say is after COVID, or you know what we have seen is that COVID can can create a lot of challenges for for humanity. And we all start to realize that climate change can actually destroy it. And yeah. uh, this is, I would say, the cognizance of that has become much more uh, rampant. And mm-hmm. I also say that it has, it starts to feel much closer to reality. And, yeah. and before we, we, we are all onto it and we've seen the, uh, the, the strong momentum that the cops have taken and the net zero goals uh, for, for the temperature rise, uh, mm-hmm. that commitments that have been made by everybody. So uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's good news for us. It's good news for the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say that uh, it, I hope that it is going to accelerate. The challenge for us today is we don't have to convince anybody about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, we, are, we are all convinced. So we are... Uh, that's that's a great news. Now, mm. having said that, uh, you know, I I represent Schneider Electric, and uh, for us, 
clearly uh, sustainability is something actually that we've been we've been talking about for the last uh, last two decades almost and we have uh, what we call as a sustainability barometer uh, that we started uh, several years ago mm-hmm. uh, and and of course it has accelerated for us so our uh, purpose is to empower all to make the most of our energy and resources bringing progress and sustainability for all mm. so that's that's what schneider has been doing and uh, i would say that for us uh, we have kind of been pioneers in in bringing uh, the digital by being the digital partner for sustainability and efficiency for our customers mm-hmm. and more importantly uh, we we would like to lead by example uh, in our own ecosystem and everything that schneider does we 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 first apply it to ourselves yeah. uh, that has been uh, actually been recognized and we are we are proud and privileged uh, that you know we were the most we are one of the most sustainable companies uh, in the world and we were uh, we are in the corporate nights ranking uh, leader in 2021 and continue to be there so hmm. yeah uh, doing our own bit uh, to see how we can contribute to this uh, together uh, with the with the larger stakeholders good so we're off to a good start already manish um, now let's let's have a look at the the kind of um, current mix here in, in Malaysia then. Talk, talk to me a little bit about Asia's current energy system. How does it compare to the rest of the world? And how do we fare in particular here in, in Southeast Asia, uh, you know, Malaysia, Singapore? How do we fare compared to the rest of the world? Well, uh, you know, I will, I will quote some statistics from the World Resources Institute, which says that Asia is currently one of the highest emitting regions uh, overtaking, you know, large uh, heavy emitters in North America and Europe. Uh, and today, for us in Asia, uh, the renewable energy is actually lower than what we see in, in Europe by almost about 20 points. So clearly, uh, there's a lot of uh, work to be done here uh, mm. and move away from the classical fossil fuels. Uh, and I would say that Malaysia is is somewhere at the center of it uh, thanks to you know what what you've been doing in terms of hydro, which is which is clearly uh, you know a large part of you know the the 18 percent renewable energy that is generated mm-hmm. in Malaysia, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is planned to go up to uh, to almost 40 percent uh, over the next decade or so. Uh, having having said that, there are other parts of uh, of Asia. For example, I'm in Singapore here. Uh, yeah. There we are limited by the land mass, and uh, therefore there are there are, we are more dependent on the neighboring countries and to see what we could do to change the mix of uh, of fuel uh, mm-hmm. that, that we are able to use. Mm. I mean, I, sorry, please carry on. No, if I may just uh, you know share a few things here around energy. Yeah. What we believe is that uh, you know electricity is the cleanest form of energy. Mm. And uh, the uh, A, it is cleaner, and it's also the most efficient form of energy. If I give an example, right, uh, take the case of cars. We are moving towards electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. When we are using the internal combustion cars, uh, the efficiency of those cars is much lower than electric vehicle because you burn the fuel, then it translates into all those mechanical movements that mm-hmm. are happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have the electric car, you are directly powering the motor, which is mounted on the wheel. So the amount of energy loss that happens is much lower. And yeah. therefore, it becomes the most efficient form. And mm-hmm. then when you're 
using electricity, you can, of course, decarbonize it because you can have renewables. Uh, and so this is where we say that electricity is the most powerful vector of sustainability or decarbonization. Uh, and uh, we would like more and more usage of energy to happen with electricity as compared to any other primary form of energy. Okay. Now, you, you kind of briefly alluded to it uh, in your commentary just there uh, earlier on. Um how reliant is is Malaysia currently on fossil fuels, and what percentage would you argue of energy generated currently is from renewable sources here in Malaysia? Of course, you know this is a country; it's a petrochem country. You know what kind of numbers are we looking at, Manish? Well, um, you know, I, I will quote from the Malaysian Energy Statistics Handbook, which says that the Malaysia's electric electricity mix. Uh, is today heavily dependent on fossil fuels with about mm -hmm. almost 43% generation coming from there. Uh, followed, uh, I would say 82% coming from there. Actually, it's dependent on coal and natural gas. Uh, and the renewable, as I mentioned before, is about 18%, uh, wow. out of which large part, 86% is from hydropower. Mm -hmm. Now, what uh, we would like to see uh, is, you know, 100% of it coming from uh, coming from renewable sources, uh, which is very much possible today. But then there are other technologies as well which are coming in, uh, for mm. example, carbon capture, which uh, a lot of uh, uh, you know countries and and corporations want to use together with the with the with the fossil fuel generation. But having said that, while uh, that is what is still in the sciences. Uh, and, and under development, what is available right now? And mm. the first thing that we need to realize that getting to the 2030 mark where we have to reduce consumption, uh, we have to reduce our carbon by 50% before we reach decarbonization by 2050, uh, mm -hmm. we have to act now. And the only way to act now is with technologies that are available. And therefore, yeah. it is about, you know, going more with electricity and going more with renewables because it exists today. Mm -hmm. Okay, Manish, let's just take a, a, sh a short break here. We're at the 10 minute mark. Um, I'm on the phone with Manish Pant. He is the zone president of East Asia and Japan for Schneider Electric. Uh, we are talking about renewable energies. We are talking about um, a new energy paradigm, I guess, for Malaysia. We're going to take a short break here on Tech Talk with me, Rich Bradbury, on BFM 89.9. Bias Free Media, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Tech Talk. Welcome back. Uh, I've been speaking with Manish Pant. He is the zone president of East Asia and Japan for Schneider Electric. If you're only just joining us, we're having a bit of a discussion about the electric future, a new energy paradigm for uh, Malaysia. Manish, um, let's move on just a little bit. And we were speaking about some of the numbers of uh, Malaysia's reliance on fossil fuels and um, renewable sources. Uh, obviously, there's SDGs, these, there's whatever you want to call them, ESGs. How do we get to a position of 
our green economy target? And you know, what steps do we need to be taking like yesterday? And which ones do you think are a little bit further away in the future? Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Rich, and once again, great to be here with you uh, on, uh, on 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 this talk. Uh, very privileged to be sharing some of our views uh, with, with the audience. Now, coming to your question, uh, I would say that uh, clearly, you know, uh, a big change in mindset is very key to achieving the green economy target uh, and slashing the carbon emissions. Let's. Yeah just size the beast here, which is that what we are saying in the world to reach the 1.5 degree target, uh, you know, we need to save three times more carbon dioxide emissions than what have been pledged today uh, in the COP26. So four gigatons has been pledged to be saved. And what we need to do is between 10 and 15 gigawatts. So uh, gigatons of, of carbon dioxide. So mm. clearly a, a big step from where we are to where we have to go if you want to meet, if you want to reach our, you know, uh, the 1.5 degree target, which is what I would say is a green economy target uh, mm -hmm. that we achieve. Now uh, at Schneider Electric, we have been doing some research around uh, what, what could be done. Uh, we say that there are three transformations that are required for the route to net zero. Uh, by 2050, which is which is the goal, and one is about uh, the energy supply decarbonization, which is mm -hmm. what we discussed earlier in the show. Uh, the second is about process electrification. Again, we talked about that. That how electricity, uh, the the proliferation of electricity or conversion to electric electricity as the primary source of uh, energy consumption is is going to achieve. 30% of that saving and 25% of that saving is going to come from demand optimization, which is mm -hmm. around efficiency and circularity. You know, that is what we have to be working on. So mm -hmm. uh, this is something that uh, we would say is uh, what would help us move into that, uh, into that direction. Okay. It, w it was fairly recently, uh, I believe back in uh, March, that the uh, IPCC uh, released their report uh, on climate change and its economic consequences. Uh, you know, uh, vetted and approved by around 270 authors, I think, and 195 governments. It talks. It it does not paint a good picture, uh, and I'm sure you're aware of this, Manish. You know, climate change, as we know, will spend uh, will spell disaster for you, uh, for humanity. That's obviously something that all of us are terrified about. Now. We've been speaking about you know what governments can do and what um, organisations can do, but the general public, you know, myself, you, our office workers, what can they do uh, on an individual level to help their country, whether it's Malaysia, whether it's India, whether it's Singapore, to help achieve these goals that we need to achieve? Very, very good, uh, very good point. And I think that we all have an important role to play here and, and contribute towards these goals. Uh, it, you know, it really starts by, uh, I would say, consuming less. That's the first thing that we need to do. Uh, it is about consuming less. It's about consuming better. And at the same time, it is also about, uh, you know, producing while consuming, which is what we call as a prosumer. Uh, now, uh, you know, we, we, there are things that we can do around climate. So, you know, it's about how we are able to use less plastics, how we are able or remove plastics, uh, especially one-time plastics, how we are able to uh, reuse, uh, how we are able to conserve water, how we are able to conserve energy. 
Uh, all of that is uh, is something that uh, we have to be doing and changing our behavior in order to do mm. that. Mm. Now, on the technology side, uh, clearly we have uh, technologies coming up, connected technologies, which are going to help us monitor and manage better when we say consume less. We, mm-hmm. we today have the tools that can help us do that. Uh, we talk about net zero homes, uh, which is you know generating uh, uh, solar power uh, in the rooftops and making mm-hmm. sure we consume what we what we generate. Uh, at the same time, pass back into the the grid what we are not able to consume ourselves, and this is what we call by prosumer that you're mm-hmm. consuming, that you're consuming as well as you're generating, and uh, and and this is possible today. Uh, there are technologies that make that happen, and you know, guess what? That this can be done without sacrificing your existing lifetime, uh, lifestyle, mm. you know, mm. and, and continue to keep the same level of comfort uh, that you have uh, today uh, to to continue to uh, to to live the life that you have. Mm. Um, so that's I would say is is what is possible. Then, uh, if you are on the, on the industrial side, there are uh, there are again. A uh, lot of other uh, tools available. Schneider Electric is here to provide solutions uh, to your uh, to your small restaurant, to your to your enterprises, to your large enterprises, to be able to ensure that uh, we are we are we are bringing those savings. I think mm. one of the things that we always talk about is, you know, energy saved is that much of less energy produced. And that is, uh, so we say megawatt, or which is the amount of energy that you're saving, is the best form of uh, sustainability because you therefore require that much less to be produced. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, tools are there that, uh, that help you do that and make that happen. Things that like you know, IoT devices, smart devices that could help, you know, monitor how much electricity that you are using, those kind of things, correct Manish? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the number of sensors that are available today that can talk to you about, you know, not just energy, but also your comfort, because mm. you don't want to change your lifestyle. Uh, mm. So it is, uh, you know, those, all those sensors, those tools, the power management systems, uh, we have what we, uh, what we call as a wiser system, which is also available in Malaysia for homes that mm-hmm. can ensure that you have safety you have reliability, you have efficiency, as well as you have very compliant electrical systems uh, and ensure that the assets that are connected are are really ensuring that you don't get any electrical fires or get any shocks. You're able to recover from outages much more quickly, actually have resilience because mm-hmm. you have battery systems that can ensure that, uh, you know, if you have a power outage, you can continue to, to, to have power. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like uh, like a, like like UPSs that could be integrated into the system, and and one of the other things that uh, is happening with the amount of electricity that we are consuming is that the cost of energy is also going up. When you right. use renewable energy, uh, you are also hedged against cost increases. You know, yeah. there's, there's there's solar. There's it's only at the time of installation that you need to pay, and later on you're getting virtually free electricity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I can, uh, if I can add, we are very also privileged to share with you that uh, the Malaysia Prime Minister's office is fitted with Schneider Electric Ecostructure uh, solutions, which are helping save almost forty percent 
uh, of carbon emissions uh, in, in, in our prime minister's office in, in Malaysia. That's so fantastic. That's, uh, that's, that's something that we can do to all to mm. the other installations as well. Mm. Um, just before I let you go, I, I do have a couple of questions. And there's one question that, in my mind, you know, kind of causes a little bit of conflict. I speak with a lot of entrepreneurs. I, I speak with a lot of uh, SMEs and MSMEs as well. And there's this push, not just you know, nationally, but internationally to, to go digital. Um, you know, everything has to be digital. We have to be online. We have to, you, you know, and... There's a, in my head, there's this conflict of it's okay to do that and to get people to do their business much better. But there's also with, with more people becoming digital, there's more consumption of electricity. How, how do we kind of balance that, do you think, Manish? Well, uh, you know, we, we have what we call as electricity 4.0, which is, you know, uh, while we are consuming more electricity, uh, which is uh, which is what is bound to happen because you know we 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 all want to live better lives. Uh, yeah. At the same time, we have to make it digital. A because you know can we think of uh, you know uh, living today without a mobile phone, right? And no. when I think about no. phone, uh, a smartphone, that do not it's not just a mobile phone, a smartphone because yeah, we are. Yeah. It is an integral part of our lives today. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, if we are able to do everything from our mobile phone, why are we not able to know our energy consumption uh, yeah. and able to control energy, whether we are in a home, whether we are in our, uh, to be able to control lighting, to be able to control heating, to be able to mm. control cooling uh, from there. That's that's a very natural evolution because that's a behavior that, uh, that we're having. Uh, now, now, mm. having said that, uh, what it is also bringing on the other side is it is helping us ensure that we are making our lives more efficient. So mm. while there is an increase and some part of that increase is uh, because of the changes that we have in our lifestyle. So, for example, when you're moving from uh, a, a petrol vehicle to an electric vehicle, we will consume more electricity, which is mm. It's kind of normal. But mm. at the same time, our overall energy consumption is going to get less. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that is possible because we are able to be more efficient thanks to us being more digital. Because if right. you're not digital, yeah. digital makes electricity visible. Let's put it like that. And, and as a consequence of that, once it is visible, I'm able to act on it. I'm able to, to make sure I'm making it more most productive. I'm making it more efficient. Brilliant. Okay, final question for you then, Manish. Thanks for clearing that up. That's that's really helped put things you know much more clearly in my head. Um, my my final question that I guess is is about costing. You know, is it an expensive process to transition from non renewable to renewable? Um, and how might a company go about initiating that transition? Who who would they speak to? Do you think about it? No, great question. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I would say that uh, it's true that uh, there is an initial uh, increase in investment when we are moving towards uh, a digital and, and, and more sustainable solution. But mm-hmm. it negates when you're when you're looking at the total cost of ownership. You know, right. we are today, uh, when you're building a home, you're you are building a home for. 30 years 
right? I mean, it depends on, on where you are, but uh, it could be even longer than that. And, yeah, yeah. and when you look at the investments going in, and if you only invest in year one, sure, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's one way to look at it. But when you look at how much you're investing and, and how much you're consuming, what is your mm-hmm. CapEx plus OpEx, as we say, mm-hmm. over the total life cycle, that's where sustainable and green and digital is always going to be more economical uh, uh, than, uh, than the traditional system. So yes, you do have a payback, you know, that could, that could move between, uh, I would say between three and eight years, right? But then mm-hmm. when you're looking at the total cost of ownership over the life cycle of the asset, it is not expensive. And, and mm-hmm. that, that is what we can, we've just built a building in, um, in France, which is a net positive building. And we've seen that, you know, while it costs a bit extra to, to build it, uh, the payback is going to be uh, less than three years. And, and that's a, a very efficient building with, uh, with a lot of sensors, making sure that while being efficient, it is also giving the right amount of comfort uh, to, to the people who are working in that, uh, in that office. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's the first part of your question. Now, uh, the second part of your question, which is which is also very important, I would say, is that uh, we we recommend uh, a three-step process uh, for working or starting on that transition to mm-hmm. uh, the first part is about strategizing, which is you know uh, measuring the baseline, creating your decarbonization map, uh, structuring the program and governance, and and community and you know doing all that to communicate with with the larger stakeholders around what you want to do. The second step is to digitize, which is to see how you're able to use all the digital tools to monitor, to identify, and to report how how things are progressing. Mm -hmm. For example, we talked about Wiser, we talked about EcoStructure, uh, which is a digital platform that Schneider has. And finally, to decarbonize, which Mm -hmm. is how you electrify your operations, how you reduce energy, uh, how you make it more efficient, how do you replace energy source, you might want to change or buy some offsets in order to ensure that you're, you're meeting your green targets and, and engaging the whole value chain that you have. So strategize, digitize and decarbonize. Uh, that's that's the, uh, the, I would say, the three-step approach that we propose to move from strategy setting to execution and to deliver results uh, on your sustainability path. Manish, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. My pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Ladies and gents, I've been on the phone with Manish Pant. He is the zone president of East Asia and Japan for Schneider Electric. Uh, We've been speaking about a whole bunch of stuff, very, very interesting stuff. Uh, The electric future, a new energy paradigm for Malaysia, looking at the limitations of the current Asian energy system, highlighting how Malaysian businesses are able to benefit from transitioning from fossil fuels to renewables, and looking at renewable energy's potential in achieving Malaysia's green economy target. If you missed any part of this show, I do recommend that you download it and have a listen back to it. I recommend using the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. My name is Rich Bradbury on Tech Talk for BFM 89.9, the business station.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.